this week uh, we tried Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood, so you don't have to. But should you? Find out in just a couple seconds. From the Bob Varley studio, this is episode 19 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. Welcome back. I am Craig Williams. I'm Sean Thompson. And this time, of course, we are going all over Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood. Hollywood. Not Orlando. Nope, not Florida. I understand that we normally talk about Universal Orlando, but we're taking a break from that. They let us out of the state. They did. Uh, It was a really hard push, and... uh, and Pete, Pete Werner, uh, he said, you know what? You guys need to work even harder, so go to well, Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood. We both wanted to because it's exciting to go to California. That's right. Yeah. That is right. Um, it, but first off, uh, we, we do have a lot to go over with this event. A lot of surprises, uh, I think. Things that we didn't even expect. Shocking surprises. The best kind of surprise. I, I agree. Um and we will definitely be getting to that. But first off, I want to kind of go with an overview of Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood and okay. how it's set up. Because yeah. uh, Orlando is, it, it's a really simple park in that Halloween Horror Nights Orlando is in Universal Studios, Florida. And that's solely a theme park. I mean, it does have the sound stages and stuff that the houses are put in. But in general, that that whole park is specifically meant to be a theme park. Whereas do you, do you know what type of park universal studios Hollywood is? It's not simple. It's not, it's, it's not even really a theme park in general. It's more or less a complete working studio. It absolutely is. They filmed the Mindy project. there, starring Mindy Kaling. They do. Um, <laughs> I know you're not as excited about that as I am. Thank you for pointing out the relevancy to that. You're uh, welcome. Thanks, I do my best. Thanks for dating us in time. Uh, well as Mindy. No, uh, but this event is is put right in the middle of this working studio that also serves as a theme park with several attractions. So the entire feel of it is completely different off the bat. The feel is very different. And I think we should probably point out that for this particular year that we went, uh, the entire park is pretty much surrounded by construction. Yeah. So I just want to point that out right now. We are eventually obviously going to talk more about uh, Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, but that's uh, that's important to remember that this year it was kind of you know tough to yeah. get around. It was very tough, yeah. and uh, so that's kind of the whole preface to it's Halloween a preamble, if you will, a preamble, uh, a precedent, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but before we get going on that, we're going to show a uh, uh, between brief and lengthy video. I'd like to call it. it it's a neither lengthy. brief. It's lengthy, but it's going to kind of give you an idea of what Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood looks like so here we go thanks guys for those of you who sat through that uh i I hope you enjoyed uh what halloween horror nights hollywood looks like uh and let's just get right into the meat and potatoes of it so halloween horror nights hollywood uh has seven different mazes including uh 
Alien vs. Predator, <laughs> The Walking Dead, Face Off, From Dusk Till Dawn, An American Werewolf in London, Dracula Untold, and then Clowns 3D. So in terms of ones that they have that are similar to us, it would be Alien vs. Predator, Walking Dead, from Dusk Till Dawn and Dracula Untold. Yeah. Uh, we had American Werewolf in London and Orlando last year. And then instead of having Face Off as a scare zone like we do, they actually have theirs as a house. They did have a full house. And we'll tell you where it comes into place. Uh, well, except for the fact that I basically just read off the order that we like. Yeah, them this in. is great. But you know what? That's fine. Yeah. It, we'll still cover it more thoroughly as we go on here. Okay. And then... Instead of that eighth house that we have, they actually take their Universal Studio Tour tram ride and they kind of alter it in a way and turn it into something called Terror Tram. And this year it's invaded by The Walking Dead the same way it was last year, I believe. I'm not sure about two years before. I didn't research it that thoroughly, but Terror Tram invaded by Walking Dead. That's a mixture of kind of a house slash almost show in a way. But we'll talk about that whenever we get to it. Let's wait. You calm down there. You calm down. I'm plenty calm. So then we also have five scare zones here. One more than uh, we have in Orlando. And the scare zones in Hollywood are Dark Christmas, The Walking Dead, Welcome to Terminus, Masquerade, The Purge, Anarchy, and Skulls. And that's the event. Those so let's them. go home. Good. Okay. Okay. I'm kidding. Let's actually talk about them. Uh, I know we did things a little goofy whenever we went over the overview of Halloween Horror Nights Orlando, but uh, I want to take this a little more straightforward this time around and break things down individually so then we can actually use it better to compare to what it's like in Orlando. Um, do you want to talk about some general thoughts first or wait till the end? Like yeah, cover- let's actually, let's go with general okay, thoughts. Okay. Cause I'm, I, I really want to point out yeah. a couple of the things. Um, I, I think I've talked about this a lot before, but uh, this, this type of thing scares me. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the type of people that actually does get scared at these yep. things. Um, usually it's kind of like a funny scared, like I'll react to it in a funny way. Like I'll laugh or, you know, I'll kind of brush it off, but I am truly scared at the heart of it. You know, I don't walk through this with a straight face. And I mean, I, you know, this, I, I usually want someone in front of me that I can like grab shoulders or something so I can kind of deal with it better. It's really obnoxious. I know it is. I know. I fully admit that. However, um, that's at Orlando. I didn't know what to expect at Hollywood. And I can flat out say that the Hollywood Halloween Horror Nights is 10 times scarier than what we have here in Orlando. Agreed. The intensity is just bumped up so much. I think it's the quality of the scare actors. I think the talent pool might be a little better out there. I think that the, the attention to detail in a lot of the, the, the things that they do is a lot greater out in Hollywood. And sometimes we did notice that there were gaps that weren't filled. That sure. We didn't really notice that problem with Orlando, but the areas that are detailed are even more detailed than what we have out here. So much detail. And I don't want this to sound like I'm taking anything away from Orlando no. because obviously I love the, the our event here. Uh, it's fantastic. I think everyone does a great job. However, just comparing it to Hollywood yeah. is so tough. It just, it almost blows it out of the water for me. Um, and I'll even say that there was a, a moment after we did our first three houses in Hollywood that there was a, a split second in my mind that I pr- kind of wanted to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I was that scared after these houses. So, and uh, a lot of that too has to do with the complete environment. So at our Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando, uh, they sell a lot of alcohol. And I mean a lot. They have shot girls standing out on the corner. You have bars set up 
basically as much as there is trash cans. Uh, it's a very open drinking policy there. However, at Hollywood, there is no alcohol allowed. It's in a the park completely dry event. Yeah, and there's probably multiple reasons for this, including past history. But one big thing we noticed off the bat was the the demographic at this event is heavily geared towards. I would say about 13 to 18 year olds. It was such a younger demographic and audience that yeah. was there in, at the, in Hollywood. I, I think you, you said it. Yeah, I think you actually put numbers on it. I think that yeah. you said out here, it's probably in Orlando. It's geared towards the audience is probably what? 18 to 26. You would say 18 to so, even 18 to 30. I somewhere would. around there. I would completely agree with that. Um, it seemed like this, the Hollywood event was just overrun by teenagers yeah and teenagers that were rowdy cursing every chance they got like it was behavior, the first time they ever heard the words behavior was awful yeah it and, really was and they were punching each other uh I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of scare actors got punched out there yeah. just because it's their general atmosphere but i think that's one reason why they they don't allow any alcohol at this event is because it just these kids would find a way to get their hands on it i'm sure and that you don't want a bunch of drunk teenagers running around whenever they're already rowdy to begin with yeah uh so that was a really big difference uh coming back to doing horror night orlando right after it really made it so much more enjoyable not hearing curse words everywhere you go and i mean it's not just, a prude thing it's just a it's an atmosphere no, thing absolutely i mean yeah. i i like to spit out a good word or two every now and then if you know me and uh it's just it wasn't as enjoyable whenever you hear it every yeah. three seconds. So uh, another big difference, which some have speculated that is why they don't have alcohol, is the half naked go go dancers that you would have saw at the video if you didn't get a chance to watch it. If you want to get a chance to watch it again, it's going to be on YouTube.com/slash/wdwinfo. That channel. Yep. Subscribe. Yeah. Uh, and so they they have go go dancers around, which are most likely actual strippers. I, I uh, think it's pretty much confirmed that they are. Yeah, they... Uh, they're, they're very talented ladies, let's just say They're that. in good shape. They know how to climb on <laughs> stuff. Uh, they have no problem throwing their legs over bars and hey, then if, if you strangling boys with their legs and then yeah. also holding a fake knife up to their throats. Oh, yeah. They're, they're multi-talented, let's say that. Um, and it's, it's odd. I understand that this is something that probably people want to see, mm. sure. Um, but it seems... I don't know, out of place. It's just, it's weird to me. I can me. neither confirm nor deny. It's what people want to uh, see. I understand that. And, but see, like it's, they're, they're put in weird places. They're, there's at the entrance of the park. And then they're also kind of interspersed in the lower lot where the huge queues are. So you've got a lot of people waiting. I would probably say hundreds of people waiting in these huge queues. And then you've got these uh, go-go dancers in, in these cages dancing. So I get it. It just, I don't know. It's something I wasn't really a fan of. I cannot, I cannot confirm nor deny. Yeah. No, we get it. Okay. I get it. It's it's a very uh, straight guy thing to to sit there and watch naked girls dancing, but it's just I don't know. It seemed weird to me, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you took the words right out of my mouth. Well, I'm glad that I did because you were you're not not just w walking around those. So. Oh, I, I was all yeah. there. Uh, in terms of other differences, uh, you already brought up first the the actual talent pool that they get mm -hmm. to go there and i think that's actually the perfect place to <laughs> to jump into our first scare zone that we want to talk about and that's Great. skulls um skulls is on the lower lot there there's two different parts of uh hollywood horror well, night actually let's talk about the structure of the park first in case anyone someone's not familiar oh, um let's I, 
Well, take it on back then. Let's go back to that then. Okay, I think that would make things a okay. little clear. Uh, the park is divided into two lots. The upper lot, which is where you enter the park. Mm-hmm. That's where CityWalk is. That's where you park. That's how you walk from the hotels. That's where the main area is. And then there's the lower lot. And Universal Studios is built into the side of a mountain. And so what you have to do to get down to the lower lot is take these huge escalators. There's a series of four or five of them. Um, and they take you down to the lower lot. Um, and you can't imagine how long they are until you actually see them in real they're life. They're the longest escalators I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You almost expect it to be like one of those escalators to heaven that end up just dropping people to their death. It, it just you die at the end of yeah. them. Yeah. So anyway, that kind of clears it up. So at the at the beginning of the lower lot, once you immediately after you get off the escalators, that's where the skull scare zone is. Yeah. Um, and like Craig said, you have these scare actors who are extremely talented stilt walkers. Um, not not like parade stilt walkers, like another level. Like these people must be gymnasts because they were running around and jumping and getting in people's faces and yep. sliding on their stilts. It was unbelievable. Yeah, no, I, I I've seen stilt walkers in plenty of different things at all the theme parks at Disney World, Universal. These guys were on another level. I mean, taking off into full sprints to go after someone that they spotted. Uh, it's just. I don't know how long you have to practice, but whenever it's pitch black down there, except for random lights happening and going off and kind of lighting the area, it's it's got to be impossible to kind of navigate around there. But in terms of overall the scare zone, there wasn't any real theming except for lights on the wall that said skulls. There was nothing that brought it together like yeah. the other scare zones, and that's probably why I have it at my at the end of the list. Yeah, it was absolutely. Very, it was very cool to walk through. They were very talented, but there was not that cohesive atmosphere that the other ones had. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, but then the next one we actually want to talk about, we're going to go up into the Purge. Uh, Anarchy. Yeah. Uh, that's on the upper <laughs> lot, and in Orlando, as we've talked about before, we actually had the purge in general. So it mixed the purge, uh, the first film, as well as the second one. This is based solely on the actual second anarchy film. And so you're not going to see a lot of the characters you might know if you see, if you've seen the movie. Um, like I mentioned, the skipping girls that we have here yeah. in Orlando, those aren't there so much. That was very, uh, uh, an aspect of the first movie. So yeah. that those aren't there. Yeah, but the auctioneer is going to be out there, and uh, as far as what I heard, that they've tried to now incorporate more of an auction type atmosphere uh, since we were out there. But whenever we went, she she talked a lot and uh, kind of like pointed out people almost in the same way we have in Orlando too. She but, did, and they were obvious, obviously actors. I mean, yep. the one girl looked exactly like Abby Elliott it from SNL a few years ago. Abby I swear it was her. Yeah, uh, I mean. I mean, how proud can you be? But um, it was fun to watch. They were very good actors. They were really playing the part. They yep. were really inter- interacting with the crowd. They would reference people's shirts, people's hats, things like that, and kind of bring everybody into this kind of interactive experience. Absolutely yeah. agree. Um, and it also lasted such a long distance. So after you pass the go-go girls at the front of the park, once you start getting this stretch, uh, and you'll have to forgive me, I'm not as familiar with it, but that park and what they classify each section besides London and all that. But they're, they're in a big long part of the first park. And not only that, but these guys have the chainsaws too. And they were sliding on the ground, like take off at a running start 
and then get on they have knee pads on and they would slide up to someone with the chainsaw and, and they were brutally chasing people yeah. not violently but just relentlessly chasing yeah. people little girls would be screaming and running trying to run out of the park and they would be chasing them and almost clawing at their feet yeah and it was so effective i mean these girls were freaking no it was a perfect scare zone yeah. uh and then also on the upper lot, we had Masquerade, which has a different spelling than the Masquerade in Orlando and a really different atmosphere in completely general. Completely different, completely uh, different scare zone. Yeah. And yeah. this, this one was heavily fogged in and it was, it also had that Victorian elegance to it. But one thing that, uh, a big difference that we noticed a lot in Purge and, uh, another scare zone, Dark Christmas, as well as Masquerade is that Universal Hollywood also incorporates props the same way we do but on a different level like they have a ton of props i would say half of the thing half of the scare zones are filled with props that they want you to look at and then also when you're looking at them you'll get scared because of it no i completely agree and they're not removable props these props yeah. are open are, are set up and out during the normal park operations and so I, I think it just creates like this really immersive environment when everything is covered with props for this scare zone it's even to the point where i think some of them some of the more gruesome stuff is actually covered during the day so if day guests are at the park and they don't want to obviously get scared by these like, really gory mannequins or props they will cover those up well so, yeah and we even uh we even heard from some of the their guest services staff that oh, yeah. they were asking if we were offended by the props that we saw them and walked through the park. And, mm -hmm. of course, we weren't, but it is a general concern that they have at that area. But this – I also got the – in Masquerade, going back to that specifically, it, it had a really cannibalistic feel to it. It did. It was very – you said Victorian. It's very Marie Antoinette yeah. kind of French fancy wigs, fancy fluffy shirts, like the the – the shirt from Seinfeld. Yeah. It was very like really overly fancy, and the, uh, but they want to find you and eat you combined uh, with this way. horrifying aspect. Yeah. And uh, like the all the props and stuff were pretty normal and basic. But then the scare actors themselves, the ones walking through the streets, they had these giant like almost alienistic type heads. They had these it. huge masks on. Yeah, and really grotesque features. I would say like yeah. really long noses and really long chins and weird. Kind and of they features. were just weaving in and out back and forth, yeah. doing such a a great job at, at sneaking up behind people. Um, just absolutely. What, what a fantastic scare zone. Agree, yeah. uh, above and beyond what our masquerade is. But yeah. once again, I think that goes back to Hollywood having that bigger talent than, uh, yeah. than you have in Orlando. So then let's go back down to the lower lot before we come down to the, come back to the upper lot. Sure. Uh, so we're going to go down to terminus with the walking dead. So this was, so this was interesting because, uh, Halloween, uh, Horror Nights Hollywood had a walking dead house in addition to a dedicated walking dead scare zone, yeah. which is adjacent to the house. So you can definitely experience them both at the same time. Um, so this was themed to terminus, which you explained a little bit in our coverage of the Orlando event. Um, it's significant in the season four of, of the show. Um, this was so intense. This was probably the most intense scare zone I've ever walked through. And it really utilized the backlot uh, theming yeah. is specifically the streets of New York, yeah. kind of the back end of that. Well, going along with that, uh, in the lower lot, on a normal day, if you're there, you have Transformers, The Mummy, Jurassic Park, uh, a little memorabilia area to look at props and stuff. And that's basically the lower lot. However, they need 
more room for these houses because of how the the park's actually built and the studio's built. So you have to start off where you're at Transformers in the lower lot and walk. I'd say it's a good mile. It had to be a mile. all the way Uphill. to get back to the New York portion of their studio where they they film movies. Well, the last time we were out there before that, they were filming R.I.P.D., which turned out to be a huge blockbuster uh, failure, if you mean oh, blockbuster okay. failure. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, all you who are involved. Um, anyways, they you walk all the way back there and. What was so bizarre about this, this is one of those scare zones you had absolutely no way of getting out of. Um, You had to do that. Part of the walk to get to that three houses that were back there, which were AVP from Dusk Till Dawn and The Walking Dead, was going straight through this scare zone. And Terminus, you show up, there's a person barbecuing brains and limbs and... And all of a sudden, I mean, you just have people jumping out left and right, strobe lights going off. The actors were unbelievable yeah. in this. And this is the first time we got to experience a big difference uh, with Hollywood than Orlando. And that's if they're given a prop, in one case, a trash can, <coughs> they will throw around this trash can, pick it up, toss it down. They will do whatever they can to startle you with those noises. and Noises, and I, I've used the word intense a lot in describing Hollywood. They also seem to, to be able to or maybe are more willing to get up close to you. Uh, they seem to be... Uh, they seem to get closer to your face. Yeah. They seem to approach you more. And that is so effective and scaring. I mean, that's what, that's what gets people. Yeah. If someone's coming at you and is so close to you, that's what's going to scare you and, more than noises. And in this scare zone in particular, there was so many scare actors in there that it was impossible to not get scared by them. Like, I, Every time I turned around, there was another one behind me. Uh-huh. Not the same one that just looped around. There was a new person. I probably just in the... The 30 yards that you travel through that, I probably counted at least 50 different scare actors or what it seemed like. I mean, it was just on. And it was one of those situations where I feel like you like you just said, there were more scare actors than there were to guess. And so it just made it impossible to know who was who and what was going to happen. And I I know in the last section, there was a gap of people who weren't coming. So in the last section, I counted 10 just standing, waiting for people to come in and like kind of moseying around. But that is that is such a scary scare zone it is a scary I'm scare zone. say scary scare zone and it scared me in times. a scary way but back up on the upper lot the absolute standout best scare zone is without a doubt it's probably my favorite thing from halloween horror nights ever dark christmas dark christmas so basically this the, the theming of this was the scare zone was uh like christmas gone wrong and specifically the legend of krampus who, uh, you know, good boys and girls would get presents from Santa Claus. The bad ones would be stolen by Krampus. The, like, I think it's like a Dutch or German old kind of folklore kind of thing. We, we kept joking. We're, we're office fans, so we kept jo- joking about Belschnickel. Um, <laughs> impisher admirable. Um, but, but the theming of this is just unbelievable. unbelievable. They went all out. Everything was decorated. Um, just like Masquerade, we kind of talked about the props that were set up along the, the walking route. There were mannequins everywhere there were um displays of like dead children hanging it was just so intense um but then even more than that were these actors and there were there was such a huge concentration of these actors and they would be there were so many different characters you'd have like the classic kind of chris kringle like in the green robe with the fur on it walking around with a really kind of gaunt scary face you had little elves that would walk around 
that probably the scariest. I know we talked about kind of the shorter scare actors yeah. in our last one. These were the same. But these these ones were also vicious. So <laughs> the Dark Christmas was in the London area of the upper lot. And so they have telephone booths in there. Um <laughs> Uh, your standard British red telephone booth that everyone likes to take a picture in. And so I, I kind of, we were watching this scene play out where this little kid gets in to take a picture with uh, himself in the phone booth and his mom's got the camera there. So one of the, the shorter elves takes a trash can, sets it in front of the telephone booth, and there's a hole in the phone booth, so he starts using his cane to poke the kid. Completely inside. locks the kid inside the phone booth, can't get out, and starts taunting them. So obviously Craig wants to be the one locked inside the phone booth, and so I he, did it. he did it. Now here's the thing. <laughs> These scare actors work so well together that it's almost seamless. So without... Uh, skipping a beat craig gets locked inside the phone booth gets lo- you know they he puts the trash can then another scare actor who is dressed like you know kind of the old chris kringle or father christmas type person that now uh, we forgot to mention that this area is so dense with fog just like masquerade you can't see so this father christmas comes up looks into the glass of the phone booth stares directly at craig craig obviously knew that the, the elf was there but the second he turned around and saw that father christmas he like it was horrifying. Yeah, it was yeah. horrifying. I, I actually screamed. Cut. He did. He did. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think is a big testament to how intense and scary this event is. You were jumpy. Yeah. I And I don't see you like that in Orlando. In Orlando, it just every, the first year I did it, that was like my initial, like, okay, this is the level I'm at. And then yeah. ever since then, you know, if something gets me at the right second, uh, it's great. But uh, this was so scary. And, and, Scare actors, especially in Dark Christmas, they were great at sneaking up on you. And I mean, the the costume designs, and you don't think of Christmas as ever being a scary thing, but this set such a high level for scare zones in general. I don't think anything will ever be able to beat a scare zone for me. I, I agree with, with that. One. There was a, a stilt actor who was dressed up... I. Like Krampus, who was this very devilish kind of person. He was hunched over with a really scary face. And I just want to mention the music. It, they were playing Christmas music, but in kind of a minor key. Yeah. And they were they had those kind of off chords, so it was like really eerie, and it just added to everything. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. Yeah. And this I, was by far the greatest thing I've ever seen. In I know both parks borrow stuff from each other every now and then. Uh, La Llorona started off, one of our favorite houses mm-hmm. last year, started off as a scare zone in Hollywood, got the house treatment, and then made it over here. I hope the same thing happens with Dark Christmas. I would I love it. it this would make an amazing house. house. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Um, but that's the scare zones in our yeah. order. I think the general consensus for them, uh, light years beyond our scare zones in terms of Absolutely. Quality. And we had to put, this in, to put them in this order, but none of them were bad. Yeah. I mean, they were all fantastic. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like we mentioned before, uh, I believe on the Universal Orlando show, uh, they don't have any shows here anymore. Bill and Ted is gone. That was what they had before, but a couple of sour jokes made it on the internet last year, and that ruined Bill and Ted for them. Um, so that's why you're not going to hear us talk about any of the shows. However, we're going to talk about something unique to Hollywood next, and that's the Terror Tram. The Terror um, Tram. So actually, before we talk about that, I just want to b- give a basic overview of what that ride is during the day. Perfect. So it's kind of similar to what we ha- we used to have here at Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, a tram lot tour. However, it's done 10 levels beyond. This is a, a working studio, so you get to actually get on a tram vehicle um, and tour, tour the working studio. You get to see... Um, 
this Bates Motel, you get to see the Psycho House. The real locations where these things were filmed, you get to see the Leave it to Beaver House, the neighborhood like that. You get to see the sound stages. They take you where they film The Voice, everyone's favorite singing competition. Um, and all this kind of cool stuff. So during the day, it's a great attra attraction. Things vary. You don't always see the same thing. We kind of had a weird experience when we were there this past trip. But overall, it's a really cool, yeah. cool experience to do. So for Halloween Horror Nights, what they do is they do an overlay with The Walking Dead. And so I, did, I didn't have any expectations going into this. I thought it was going to be a sit-down riding experience the entire time. So did I. So I thought, oh, we'll be, in the, we'll be in the tram. You'll be sitting on the edge. And then kind of the walkers will come up and claw at you. They'll kind of scare you while you're sitting. However, we get into the tram. Um, it's all pitch black. And they, it's very much an advertisement for the new season, for the show. There's heavy marketing into it. So the screens in the tram show the, the ads and the upcoming yeah. Uh, they show the new trailer for season yeah, five of the, the walking trailer. dead yeah and so instead of just getting on and riding it around what they do is you get you board in your back lot car and you go all the way up to in the normal black lot area where you see uh the set for the uh the ron howard version of how the grinch stole christmas starring christmas uh -huh. how <laughs> Starring Jim Carrey as the Grinch. And so they drop you off at this section and it's kind of set up like almost the prison style scene from the walking dead. And there's all these guys out front with chainsaws. And I mean, you're, you're out of the tram now and they're pushing you out telling you, you got to get out and you're walking up to all these guys with chainsaws and they're asking if you're infected or not before they can let you any further. And then of course one person's infected because they have to go and be a jerk. And, so that happens and then chainsaws galore everyone starts rushing forward as you're going forward zombies are popping out left and right uh, that's that's the gist of it it takes you through two awesome awesome areas of the park whenever you do this though the yeah. first one bates motel you I actually was, get to walk through it. And I was obsessed with this. So even more so than the than the uh, attraction itself, even more so than the Terra Tram, I would do this again in a heartbeat just to walk through Bates Motel. Yeah. It was so crazy being able to walk so close to the set. And while you're doing it, yeah, there's like zombies popping out and there's like gruesome things lying around. But I was not paying attention to any of that because we were at Bates Motel. Yeah. And because of the props and stuff, that's why uh, during the daytime they don't have uh norman bates pop out from what exactly. i understand i don't know if that's true or not but whenever we wrote it there was just a norman bates in the window yeah take it as you will yeah. but then you keep walking up around and they actually have your psycho house mm -hmm. which ends up being a photo op with norman bates at the house and you can actually take your picture which we both freaked there well yeah which However, had like a 45 minute 45 line. minute line yeah. we would have had time to do it but we don't worry about it yeah, we'll, yeah regrets regrets but and then the other unique area that you get to walk through of the backlot tram tour is the war of the world's plane crash scene that is you know it's awesome whenever you ride through there and you actually get to see everything but whenever you're walking right through that area and you actually get to see the scale from foot you're right in the middle of it it's not yeah. like you're walking along the edge of it you walk through the thing it's, it's terrifying yeah. i mean the seeing that plane crash scene during the day as it is, that's it's pretty scary to think like that's real carnage that they created for that. But at night, with zombies popping out too, it's hor horrible, horrible. So yeah, uh, so tram tour, and then you board the tram back. They play one more advertisement for The Walking Dead, and you're getting dropped back off. So overall, for me, it was a cool experience. Yeah, I think it's a neat way to use what they already have in the park. Um, but unless you're super excited about 
go walking through the back lot and seeing the cool things like the War of the World set, the Bates Motel, Psycho House. For me, unfortunately, it was a skip. Yeah. And I mean, it's got really shortened hours too, because it doesn't start, it starts right away. However, during the daytime, it wouldn't be as great of an experience going through. You need it to be night there, but it also closes really early. It closes around 11 o'clock ish. Yeah. So you have to time it perfectly to get the best experience. It's it's a cool little feature, though, for yeah. what it is. So let's jump into the houses. Okay. So I think we're going to start from the ones that we like the least um, and yep. then work our way up to our absolute favorite. Um, so number seven, Clowns 3D, music by Slash. Uh, this is the only 3D house that you go through in the sense that you wear a, a pair of paper glasses that makes the, the black light paint kind of pop out at you. It does kind of an effect with your eyes. It's the same effect they use at the Osborne lights. If you're familiar at Disney's Hollywood studios, they'll sell you 3d glasses that just disorient everything. Uh, it's, it's a cheap tactic <laughs> to make a house look more interesting. However, in this case, no one can argue that clowns 3d wasn't interesting. This house was head to toe painted, uh, disgusting in some areas the, the smell of puke and vomit in different sections uh just grotesque in every form but not in a fun way no. like we like to doll out in the damned in orlando i'll be honest i hated this i thought it was the dumbest thing i'd ever seen you walk through there are f- fat people man- fat mannequins laying on the ground throwing up fruit loops in- on the floor there it smells like throw up it's all painted neon you walk through a sewer it smells like poop it was all disgusting i thought the music was stupid this was probably the well, dumbest <laughs> thing i've ever watched. and you're supposed to be excited like music by slash like oh, okay you're gonna hear like welcome to the jungle no it's it is he composed his own music, which sounded like Muzak. I don't it, know. It could have been anything. Anyone could have made that. That's talented enough. This was so the worst. I, I, Clowns 3D. Yeah. And this had like a 90-minute wait. I, <laughs> it's I don't so upsetting. It. I don't get it. But anyway. Um, and then on to more Ooh. disappointment, going upstairs. That one was in the lower lot. Yes, this uh, was. Going mm-hmm. to the upper lot, Dracula Untold. Uh, as we said in the uh, Orlando version, it was either our least favorite or second least favorite house here it's the second least favorite and it's it's suffers from the same exact problems that our orlando version does it's really pretty on the inside however this one had a lot of gaps where there was just black drapes they were huge gaps this was like a house of curtains yeah it was just so weird i i don't know like and and there there for me there wasn't those moments that i thought it was beautiful like in orlando i thought that there were parts of the house that were really pretty the architecture kind of the design of things were very pretty this just seemed like a thing in a tent and i mean the scares weren't overwhelming however we did go behind this guy and his girlfriend that walked at a snail's pace so no one was in front of them we couldn't see anyone in front of them and whenever you do that the scare actors you know they'll pop out and kind of check and if they don't see anyone from a while they're gonna really select the next person that comes along and that was the case on this one so it's like oh it was fun watching a bunch of people get scared in front of us just yeah uh, that one it just left a bad taste in my mouth it did i i could have done without it but luckily things are taking a turn and anything everything coming up pretty much is yeah. favorable uh the next house is an american werewolf in london london sorry so uh 
I had pretty strong feelings about this because I was very excited. We had this house last year mm-hmm. and it was, I loved it. I loved everything about it. Yeah. It my had favorite house. such classic scares. It, it was designed so perfectly. The movie theater scene was just flawless. It, it, the progression was just amazing. It just felt like you were in the movie. I loved it. It was just perfect. It felt like you stepped back in time and w- w- was walking through the movie. So I had pretty high expectations for this because I thought it was going to be wonderful. And while it was good, there were some really good moments. Overall, it just felt cheesy to me. Yeah, I, I think a lot of that comes down to the puppetry that was involved, um, which is a big difference between Orlando and Hollywood in that I thought that a lot of the puppeteering out there was better. However, the puppets themselves that were designed, they definitely were a lot cheaper, Yeah, um, which is shocking considering everything else was so detailed. And there was a moment where there was this robotic werewolf on this big metal track and you completely saw the mechanisms that was the mechanism that was lunging it forward. Yep. It just it was so anticlimactic, and it just came at you, and you saw this big robot jump. At, I don't know. It was it, it was just sad. And last year in Orlando, like whenever the the werewolves would jump out at you, they the volume that the barking and the growling would happen is just it, like it blew your eardrums out. Yeah. This was like when they popped out, there were some strobe lights, but overall it didn't overwhelm me whenever they jumped out at you. And uh, that's, you're not going to get scared in a lot no. of these houses with that situation. If there's not that every element coming together, working perfectly to make it so scary. However, um, I will say that as a fan of the movie, there were some added scenes I know yeah. you really appreciate There were some retractions and added scenes. Sure. So it was a kind of combination. So there were new things to see. Um, and I think overall it was a, a good house. It was yeah. solid. So I, I don't want anyone to skip it because of what of what we're saying. It was just yeah. hard. It was a hard thing to follow, hard act to follow after what we had last yeah. year and, and how much we loved if it. If you didn't see the one in Orlando last year, that this you, would actually be a lot higher up on the list. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's just we, we were kind of going in with really high expectations. Yeah. So then our next one, number four, for those of you who are counting And taking home, notes, I hope you are. Uh, you should be. Yeah. Uh, we put him from dusk till dawn. And this is, this is kind of a tough one for me because our number three as well, I'll just say it is uh, Face Off. And I think we're both a little uh, back and forth on it. We you prefer Face Off to From Dusk Till Dawn. I do, but for very specific reasons. Mm-hmm. But let's, uh, which one do you want to talk about first? I'll talk about From Dusk Till Dawn okay, first. Okay, great. So... From Dusk Till Dawn, of course, is like ours. It follows the the TV show um, by Robert Rodriguez based off of the movie. And it, this one is unique, though, in that you start off and you're outside on the lower lot and you see the exterior of the Twister and the Gecko Brothers are out front. And every night at, of the Horror Nights out there, they have, from their official account, they tweet out a password that you give to them or the doorman and something special happens. And in our case, the password was sex machine. Um, and if you know the story, you understand yeah. the context. So I saw them out front and I went up and I said sex machine. And all of a sudden that's, if you watch the video, once again, youtube.com slash WDW info, uh, they start interacting with you and they do a nice special look where you get to see inside the one gecko brothers notebook that's all deranged and twisted. It's a cool little added experience that most people would miss. Yeah. I would say probably 99% of people that walked by didn't even realize until they saw me, they were just trying to pose for pictures with them. I don't understand why everything turns into a photo op. (sighs) So you go inside and then the scares are very similar to ours. Um, Just a lot of, 
a lot of vampires jumping out at you. Beautifully designed, follows the TV series so well, actually even in more detail than the one in Orlando did, uh, mm-hmm. which I appreciated that actually sitting through the entire series. One of the things I noticed, though, different between this house and the one in Orlando is that in Orlando, they must not be confident with the the type of females they can put in these skimpy clad clothes because in in Orlando, like the main head vampire is goddess is wearing a plastic cleavage. She's a very lovely girl. Don't take anything <laughs> away from her, but she's wearing plastic cleavage in her is. bra that they kind of like they help paint it into the body so it makes it look busty. All the girls out there were just once again, probably strippers, most likely strippers, and it all just came naturally. Uh, which, hey, that's <laughs> naturally to a point. Um, but it, it helps add to the effect that this is all real. And uh, that's uh, the house just, it had real women doing real stuff and... Okay, uh, let's move on. Good it was, vampires. It was, it was a good maze. It was a very good maze. It yes. had that same kind of campy fun feeling that ours did in Orlando. Um, I think... Yeah, I think, you know, there were a couple moments where it was uh, a little bit more integrated. I felt yep. like the bar scene seemed a bit tighter and smaller, so it felt a little bit more intimate walking through there. I agree. Um, but overall, just a really fun yeah. fun house to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then I put this at my number three, the face-off in the flesh house. Um, this is actually in the location of the Universal Horror What's the title of the of the experience? The, uh, the House called? of Horrors. House of Horrors. Which is no longer open. This was a daytime uh, walkthrough house that was open during day yep. operations that guests could just walk through and, and, and do. Um, but that's actually closed. Um, so what they did was they put this house in there, which they do normally, but I don't know. This is confusing. But anyway, so it's in this haunted house. Um, and this is where they showcase the character designs from the face-off show. Um, and it was unbelievably scary. Yeah. This was so dark in this house, and the scares were just basic haunted house, jumping behind corners, uh, the classic kind of window thing where there's like a mirror, but it's actually a person. They were just such classic scares, but they were so effective because of the makeup and because of the dar- how dark it was and because how quick it was. I mean, you really walked through this, and it was a long maze, yep. too. Um, well, I, I, I was just terrified during this whole thing. I don't even, I've never really watched any of the show. I watched a couple episodes to get familiar with it, but I did not, I, I didn't think that it could be anything more than what happened in our scare zone in Orlando, where you just have some featured characters out here. They, they must've made up even more characters or did something because they're, was another scare actor kind of like in the walking dead terminus scene. There was a scare actor about every 10 feet. So there was much more than the 10 creative designs that we Mm -hmm. got in Orlando. This, this house was beautiful to look at everything inside it. A lot of that goes off the fact that it is the house of horrors, which once Halloween horror nights is over, it actually won't reopen. It's been given the ax completely. But Um, it utilized the space perfectly. It did. And uh, I, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't point out which characters were the ones uh, that are actually from the show besides the ones that I know because we're here in Orlando. But just everything was so perfect about this maze. It is a 
really big shame that they did not do this in Orlando, that we got skimped on with just a scare zone that's a complete photo op. Yeah. This house was fantastic. It uh, was. And there were so many scares that it was easy to miss some. Like, I knew that you were ahead of me, so you were kind of getting some footage and stuff. You would film things that you uh, that would happen to me. I mean, you were filming something that was, you, you were being scared, but then right behind you, there was another person. So yeah. it was so easy to just walk past something and miss a scare, and it was just, yeah. it was so, so scary. I, I so completely effective. agree. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a great house. It's a shame that while we were there, uh, too, that it basically had a 10 minute line for most of the night. It was really short. Yeah. yeah. It did get up to like 30, but for I the wonder most if that's going to change though. I, I really hope it does. Cause I hope it gets some reputation for being great. It should. Yeah. Um, however, the next two were some of the longest of the night and very good reasons for it. <laughs> uh, our number two was actually the walking dead end of the line. Yeah. Um, a, a shortened version of, our walking dead maze that we have out here same just it starts off with the prison exterior outside and then you go all the way through to get to terminus even though you walked through terminus in the scare zone so you know there's a little bit of a disconnect uh, yeah. in continuity there. problems but not not a major amount but uh what they did here was they made the maze a lot shorter. It's nowhere near the length. It's probably half the length of what our maze is in Orlando. But just as effective. But and just yeah, as great. And just as many scare actors. Yeah. Uh, different scenes they chose. Different ways to represent the scenes. Um, I I thought ours was scary in Orlando. However, this one was absolutely scary. This was petri- I mean, it was terrifying. There were there were moments. So there's a couple key moments for me. Uh, it, kind of the same way Orlando takes you out of the store and takes you outside. There was a, kind of a similar setup in the fact that there was kind of like shrubs and kind of like piles of trash yeah. on both sides of you with like people hanging off of it. And some of them were mummies or uh, dummies. Sorry, not mummies. Some of them were like mannequins. I was gonna. Say, some of them were mannequins and fake people. Um, but then some of them were actual scare actors and it was actually hard to tell which ones were real. It wasn't kind of the fake, you know, plastic looking people. Um, and so that was really, ter- I mean, that was terrifying. Yeah. They were walking, you were walking past them and they'd reach out at you. And like I said before, they felt so much more comfortable getting closer to your face. Uh, I'll flat out say a bunch of them grabbed me. Yeah. And as much as like some people will like freak out and want to hit back at them, it just get like I went into a ball whenever anyone oh, touched good. me. Oh, good. That's good to know. Um, well, it's better than smacking them across the side of the face. In, but, a, in a haunted house. Yeah, but not yeah. in real life. Oh, in real life, you know, I'd be a big, strong man. Oh, sure. So that's that's just me, though. Yeah. Um, just there's not enough good things I can actually say no. about The Walking Dead. And I do want to reference one more specific moment. Uh, I, I talk about this in our Orlando coverage, but there's a moment where there's a, a big grouping of mannequins that pops out at you from the side um, with a strobe light. And none of it's real. It's just a very kind of a, a big moving mass of mannequins that's yeah. supposed to scare you. And it's not really that effective. In the Hollywood version, however, it's the same effect, but it moves quicker and it happens so much more sudden that it is so effective. You don't have time to think about if it's a real group of people coming at you. It just happens and it's just the perfect moment for it. Yep, I agree. So So that's why it earned our number two spot. Number Number one, which of course is a shock if you watched or listened to our our Orlando version of Halloween Horror Nights, it's actually Alien vs. Predator. Alien vs. Predator. was our absolute favorite. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And this is actually the first house... No. It was, it was, it was the, the first, first house, we house we did. Yeah. And this is the one where I went, oh my God, this is so much more intense, so much more detailed yeah. than anything we have here. Well, first off, it actually followed the whole point of it, which is Alien vs. Predator. So against each other. I mean, it was actually yeah. that kind of conflict between the two so characters. You'd be walking through. And of course, in these houses, they try to separate 
each new section from each other as well as they can with some some type of hanging curtains or or plastic drapes or something. So in this one, if someone's opening it, you might be able to see like a predator on your left. But what we didn't know because we didn't do any research on it, pay attention to what anyone said and only experienced ours in Orlando, then there'd be an alien on the right. So you're looking one way to try to prevent the scare from happening. And all of a sudden it's right behind you or right on your side. And with the noises and everything, oh my gosh. And it happened at least three or four times in the maze and every single time it got me i knew the one thing was going to be there and then all of a sudden the one on the other side gets me and it was so effective it was the perfect timing of things because you know you'd be distracted and actually that's a good point about i I think almost all of the houses that we were in they use that simple tactic of distracting you with something whether it be an actual scare actor or being uh, a mannequin or something like a dummy um and then while you're being distracted, your attention's off of it. Something then comes at you and actually gets you for the scare. And it also, this house follows a different storyline in a way than ours. Ours is very, uh, very technical in that it's, it's in that like spaceship type area uh-huh. and, and the Wyland Tech Institute or whatever it's called. And this one didn't really have that feel like you saw like a crashed ship, which was, I guessing from one of the aliens or not the aliens, the predator and the aliens were already there cause they were in the, the lab and, and it just, it weaved together a different story where there, then all the victims were getting involved and there was a girl that was all mutilated oh, yeah. and there was people in a cabin getting eaten by aliens. And then probably one of the most spectacular moments of the house is seeing the queen. The finale is yeah. unbelievable. Oh, the queen is, what is six oh, God. feet tall? Probably 15, 20 feet tall. Oh, absolutely. In the room. Yeah. Uh, just complete moving puppet. The best puppet they have in that house. Yeah. Uh, I will admit that, once again, the puppets aren't as strong. You can actually see the the characters moving some of the puppets in some scenes just because of the gaps they're given and how mm-hmm. to work around with. This queen alien is something that has to be seen in person to really understand. It was one of those moments where I gasped when I walked into this room. I, I wasn't expecting it. I, I'm not familiar so much with all the storyline and all that stuff. So I didn't, I didn't know I'd walk in and see this 20 foot tall. Well, it shouldn't, it's not even there to scare you. It, that's, oh, I was that's just mesmerized. You just can't, yeah. like, it's scary in that if it does actually reach down and try to get you, it's going to be horrible. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect when I walked but in. But yeah. absolutely, hands down, our favorite house. Like, I, it had a 140 minute wait at the end of the night. It was the longest line for a house. If I could just go through this house over and over and over again out there or here, I would do it. I completely it was, agree. It was yeah. my favorite house of either event, without a doubt. Yeah. Yes. So that is well. Yeah, those are our houses. I, mm-hmm. I think we should probably end with maybe a talking about the frequent fear or the um, the front of the line. Yeah. I want to I want to do a little bit of that. Okay. So uh, we'll we'll start off with the fact that whenever you get to Halloween Horror Nights. It's got basically the same procedure as the one in Orlando does. You have to go through a bag check and a a metal detector to make sure you don't have any alcohol, weapons, any just the basic stuff that they don't want you to have to hurt people. No outside drinks or anything. You can't bring a bottle of water. Actually, Michael was with us and he had his his water bottle taken. Yeah. Standard. So then whenever you get in, you have two options. You can either wait for the purge show that they do similar to ours, where the purge characters will be in the streets lining, waiting to get it started. Or they have 
sometimes they have a special where annual pass holders, like we have in Orlando, annual pass holders can get in early and mm-hmm. start the screaming early. Uh, the night we were there, which I believe they do all the time now, is, and I I could be wrong, so I'm just going off the information this is just I could find. Yeah. Um, they start allowing you in early. Anybody. Anybody that had admission, as long as you had a ticket to Halloween Horror Nights, you were able to get corralled in early to get prepped to go down to the lower lot. Yep. So it it meant that you missed the opening show, like you said, but it definitely allowed us early access to get into the lines for that lower lot. And they did have an upper viewing area for the the show that would happen for those who got in the park accidentally and still wanted to see it. They, They had a area blocked off not as good as if you'd be standing right at the gates waiting to get in but they did keep that but we we were allowed to go in between a half an hour and an hour early oh i'd say yeah 45 minutes or so that's why we we uh thought that like it would have been great to do some of those lower lot houses back with walking dead alien versus predator from dust till dawn we should have done those more times without our front of the line pass that we had that's a good point yeah. Um, because those lines were all short for the first 20 minutes. I would absolutely 20, recommend the front of the line pass. Yeah. I think that it was probably the best thing that we did yeah. was, was by this pass. And that's how we did it. Uh, they mm-hmm. have the, they offer the front of the line pass. They offer a VIP tour and then they also offer just your regular admissions. So you kind of fight it however you want to. Um, the, the front of the line pass out there is actually $120 and then a normal general admission ticket's only like 50 and the VIP tour is around 200. Mm-hmm. So the prices out there are actually a lot better than Orlando whereas a general admission ticket usually starts off at around $80 unless you already went to the park during the day. Um, so the event is you can get the front of the line pass and you can go through everything so quickly out there. Both the houses, um, the terror tram, the terror tram, and then also the rides that are open. You get a front of the line for each of the open attractions. Yeah. And an added benefit is out there. Normally the park closes around seven o'clock or so. So it's never dark whenever you're through that park. So one of the main rides there is Jurassic park and you can actually, they call it Jurassic park in the dark. Cause it's one of your only opportunities you have to ride Jurassic park exactly. in the dark. And yeah. it was so much fun. It is really fun. Despite the fact that it was 55 degrees it and freezing to us. be riding yeah. a water ride, but you, you do get all of the same attractions that yeah. are open. Um, I don't believe Shrek was open. Obviously they weren't yeah, doing we water were, world. We were pretty upset about shows, Shrek, but, but they run Jurassic park, transformers and the mummy yeah so you still have all of those as an option um it just it makes that front of the line pass the easiest way to get it done it It, does and you are you already mentioned this but i just want to reiterate if you do go with the front of the line pass my recommendation is going in early and just going standby for the houses at first because what's going to happen is at the end of the night if you start using your front of the line pass early you're going to be left with nothing else for the houses and you're going to have the option of either doing the the attractions or just standing in a two-hour line for what you want to do so i if we had to do it again what we would have done is gone in early done done the houses that we want wanted to do at a 20, 30, 45 minute wait, no problem. And then saved our front of the line pass for that house for the end of the night. Yeah. Uh, and just in general, general admission, you're not going to get everything done there flat out. There is no way at, at Orlando. If you go on one of the off nights, a slower night, um, you have the ability to get everything done without the express passes there or yeah. the, the RIP tours in Hollywood. That's a complete different case. You're never going to get to you do them. Have I, to have I think that's why line. the admission is cheaper yeah. because they know that. I, I actually, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think about it from that aspect. Um, so that's, that's a lot of the big differences between the two events. Um, 
as we talked about, Orlando really is one of the premier Halloween events in, in the country, especially in Florida. I think Halloween Horror Nights, I would take that over Mickey's uh, not-so-scary Halloween party. That's just me personally. Uh, they're completely different. I can't even compare the two. They are, but... But I understand. If, if this is your demographic, if that's something you like, absolutely in a heartbeat. Even if it's something you're iffy about, give it a shot. It, I mean, a big thing is it just changes every year. Yeah. And that means the most, considering that Halloween party stays the same every year. But after doing Hollywood, I, I have to go back next year. No, I have to no find question. a way to get back next year. It, the event out there seems so tight, so perfect. Uh, I, I hope that it's not a thing the next time I get a chance to go back there. It's kind of like Orlando is going every year and being like not as, not as afraid of everything anymore. I, I can't imagine that being the case. I really hope it's not. But it, comparing these two events this year, I take Hollywood hands down. I do too. That's I not, do too. It's not to say. Well, and that's what I want to say bad. again, because obviously we, we both love the Orlando event and it's yeah. fantastic, but this is just such a, it feels like a different event. Yeah. It has the same name, but I, I feel like it's totally different. It's at a different level. Uh, absolutely. A hundred and fifty percent agree. Um, it, it was a great experience. That park has, it just transforms into a different place. And it's just the park in general is such a different experience from Florida, but at Horror Nights, it goes into a neither, another deeper deeper level yeah i i just can't say enough good things and uh not only that but i want to take the opportunity to plug the the dis unplugged disneyland edition uh last thursday they released their show where they talked about mickey's halloween party but also uh halloween horror nights at hollywood because during this trip that we went out we were joined with michael bowling and the host of the disneyland edition tom bell uh so they had all their experiences uh we had we had a little bit of video with some of their thoughts on their experiences, mm -hmm. but obviously we are running out of time here yeah, to we'll really to, cover all that. So, uh, but definitely go out and check them on iTunes and hear what they had to say about it. If you want a little bit of their aspect from it, not knowing the, uh, the universal studios, Florida version of horror nights, but only like Knott's Berry farms and what they deal with. But, and I gotta be honest, it was great in the group. It was, yeah. it was nice to have, you know, four people there. I can imagine if, you know, you had four or five, you know, how many people, but it's, it's a great experience. I think it's, it's fun to go as a group, yeah. especially in that group, because we all had a different mindset going oh, yeah. and we all expected different things. I think we all came away from it more than happy. Oh, no question. Yeah. So that is actually going to basically do it for this episode. Yeah. This very, very special episode. So, so special. I hope blossom. that everyone did enjoy it. And, uh, of course, we still have a little more time in October, so we might be talking about Halloween Horror Nights a little more. Probably. We'll, we may. We'll be going um, back a lot. So, But thank you all once again for tuning in to another episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. And we will be back next time with more about Universal. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thanks, guys. See you later.